I tend to overcomplicate things a bit. I'm not sure why. Maybe it is part of my nature as a person. It's always been that way. It comes through in subtle ways. It isn't as if there are these huge life moments when I overcomplicate something to a disastrous outcome or anything like that. It's more like a feeling of going down a rabbit hole in pursuit of something and not realizing how complicated things have become and not stopping to ask the question of, should I be doing this? From Tiblio, it is Yield Guide, a show about conquering the markets and building personal wealth. I'm your host, Kevin Hamilton, and in each episode, we go deep into the strategies, stories, and tools that I've used and continue to use to build wealth. On the show today, I'm going to explore this idea of overcomplicating investments, and we'll do that by comparing two different portfolios. That's right, the battle of the portfolios. But before we get into the portfolios, I really want to understand these different complexities. What's at work under the hood? I was first introduced to the Rube Goldberg machine at the University of Texas at Austin during my undergraduate studies. A team had built this amazing contraption and placed it in the center of the building courtyard. Now, this wasn't a small thing or just a tabletop thing. It was actually sort of massive. It was probably over six feet by six feet, and definitely it was as tall as I was uh, back then. So you couldn't help but to walk by it and watch all of the crazy things happening as the ball traveled from one end to the other. I think we've all seen these machines. The ball falls down something, knocks something over, something will spin and hit the ball, etc. I later learned that the idea behind the Rube Goldberg machine is basically to produce the most complicated imagination of something that you could possibly think of. You've probably seen one of these. It's a very complicated thing that allows a ball to travel from point A to point B and maybe at the end, fills a bucket with water. Whatever it does is incredibly simple. How it does it is incredibly complicated and convoluted. Okay, at some point in my life, I also became aware of a concept called Occam's razor. This is something attempting to explain the unknown by saying, that if there are two hypotheses about something, the one that is the simplest tends to be the best or most accurate or the one that you should probably go with. I've used this theory quite a bit since being exposed to it. It shapes my judgment of the world. If I'm in a meeting at work, I will tend to favor simpler solutions and explanations than those that are more complex. Even in trial and error troubleshooting, I'll work down the trials from the simplest solution to the most complex. Okay, so in our example here, we have two portfolios, one pretty complex and one pretty simple. Occam's razor then would say that generally speaking, we should tend to favor the simpler solution. In this case, the simpler portfolio. 
Now, a little sidebar here. This is probably a good explanation at a high level or at a theoretical level to explain why the emergence of the index fund with ETFs like SPY and QQQ have become so incredibly popular as investment vehicles. They are by far the simplest form of diversified investing that we have. All one has to do to achieve a roughly 7% annual return from their investments is to dollar cost average into one of those two ETFs over a long period of time. The probability of achieving that return is very, very high, no matter when you start. Okay, but we're after better. Otherwise, we totally wouldn't be here. So on to the two portfolios in question. In these two portfolios, I'm going to talk about the optimal yield and expected yield. I'll describe those more later, but want to say, how do we get those yields? Basically, I just go to Tiblio's option screener and it tells me that for this particular Delta option, this is what the yield is. This would be the maximum return. Then I go to Tiblio AI and tell it to sell that particular Delta option. So. If you assemble these portfolios with different options, then you get different returns. But here, I've mainly stayed in my comfort zone of around 30 delta for the options. So we'll assume in these cases that we're selling options on either individual stocks or ETFs, and the options that we're going to sell will be around 30 delta, expiring in around 30 days. Okay, the first portfolio, which we'll call the complicated portfolio. This portfolio has an optimal yield of 33.3%. That means that it could achieve 33% annualized return. It has an expected yield of 26%. And again, I'll talk about that in a little bit. But here's the makeup of the portfolio. First... We're going to dollar cost average into QYLD and XYLD. So there's some just regular investing in QYLD and XYLD. Then we're going to invest in some other stocks and ETFs. Okay, so we will allocate 25% to QYLD, 25% to XYLD. Then we'll allocate 6% to PLTR, Palantir Technologies. And we're going to allocate 35% to SMH, the semiconductor ETF. And then we'll allocate 5.5% to Bumble, BMBL, 3% to Hood, Robinhood, 5% to Roblox, RBLX, 5% to Bank of America, PAC, 4% to UAL, United Airlines, 3% to Macy's, M, 3.5% to Victoria's Secret, VSCO, who are reporting earnings this afternoon. So if you've been following along, you may have seen me talk about uh, Victoria's Secret, but I haven't invested in it yet because I don't like to start investing in a company right before earnings. So we're waiting for the earnings to come out. And then we'll invest 15% in KRE, which is the regional bank ETF. Uh, 4% in Campbell's Soup, and Campbell's Soup is sort of the same as Victoria's Secret. They're reporting earnings, so I haven't yet started selling options on Campbell's Soup. And then 3% in Paramount, P-A-R-A. 
And if you were really fast at adding those up as I read them off, you will notice that I actually allocated 142% of the portfolio. How is that so? This is because we're not dollar cost averaging into everything. That would be way too simple. We're dollar cost averaging, as I mentioned, into QYLD and XYLD. And for the rest of them, we will try not to own the shares. Rather, we will sell put options on them. And this will follow the wheel strategy, which if you've been around me or Tiblio or Tiblio AI or watched any of my videos on YouTube, then you know that my favorite strategy for investing is the wheel strategy. A little sidebar here, I can allocate more than 100% of my portfolio due to the margin requirement for selling put options. Typically, if you sell a put option, you should have enough cash to buy the 100 shares in case you're assigned. Like you should have it somewhere. However, your brokerage account will likely only require you to have 30% of that, say in actual cash. Thus, if you primarily sell put options, you tend to have a lot of cash sitting around. Then a common solution for that is to put the cash into something stable so that you can benefit in the form of dividends or capital appreciation or both. In this case, I've chosen QYLD and XYLD for that purpose. And in case of too many assignments, which may happen because I have over allocated the account. So if I were assigned on everything, I wouldn't have the cash to cover all of the puts that were sold. So in that case, I may dump shares of the stocks or dump shares of one of these two funds to temporarily cover the position. Okay, then on to the second portfolio we'll call the simple portfolio, right? The complex portfolio sounds good and all, but is it worth it when considering the return of a comparable portfolio like the one that we're about to talk about? Now I say, is it worth it? What do I mean by that? With respect to the complicated portfolio, we're investing in a lot of specific companies. And by doing that, we take on the specific risks of those companies. For example, Plug Power, P-L-U-G, used to be on the list until after the last earnings report, the stock dropped by roughly 50%. And the complicated portfolio lost a couple thousand dollars, roughly 1%, just because I had to then take Plug out and put in a couple of other companies. So compare to the portfolio we're about to talk about then, is it worth it means, are we being paid for the extra work and risk that we're taking on in the complicated portfolio. Okay, keep that in mind as we go. First off, the allocations for QYLD and XYLD don't change. Those will remain at 25%. The only things that change are the rest of the equities that we invest in. Namely, not as many individual stocks, just a handful of ETFs. Okay, the optimum yield of this portfolio is 24%. So it has the ability to return 24% per year. So if, if everything goes according to plan, it has an expected yield of roughly 20%. And that again, takes into account this idea of efficiency, which I'm going to get into here in just a minute. 
Okay, so for allocation, we have QYLD and XYLD, 25%. And then we have QQQM at 50%. Not QQQ, but QQQM. The reason for that is just that QQQM is cheaper per share. I think it's about $150 per share instead of $350 per share, which just means that it's easier to sell put options on. So we can sell more put options, which is better for a strategy like the wheel strategy because it sort of makes it more efficient. Then we keep SMH, but we've reduced um, the allocation to the semiconductor ETF to 20%. And then we keep KRE, the regional bank ETF, and we've set that allocation to 20%. So this portfolio also has an allocation of around 140%. Okay, and a pretty good expected yield of 20%. And that's not by accident. If you look at what Warren Buffett has been able to do and what most funds that beat the market, what they're able to produce consistently is really right around a 20% annual return. And so if you have a portfolio that can produce a 20% annualized return, you're basically done. You can let that portfolio run and you will begin to build wealth very, very, very quickly, especially when you get up over $1 million. So you don't really have to do anything more than consistently produce a return of 20%. All right, so now I need to explain a bit about the optimal yield and expected yield. Okay, I'm, I'm an engineer and in engineering we have safety factors. Whenever we do some calculation for something, it doesn't really matter what it is. There is some margin of error or something that will happen that isn't ideal. Okay, there will be some loss in the function. So for example, we will allocate some dollar amount to each equity, but we're not able to sell options in fractions at the dollar level. We have to sell for 100 shares. And this means we'll probably always over allocate a little bit. I won't allocate 200 shares worth to sell two put options. I'll allocate 233 shares worth. And that's just because we're not able to allocate perfectly, but I'm still only going to sell the two put options on it. Therefore, we have the efficiency rating, which is an estimate, but all things being equal, selling options on fewer things is more efficient than selling options on more things. So the simpler portfolio has a higher efficiency rating in these examples. Okay, the complex portfolio has an efficiency of roughly 75% for each one of the individual stocks. And the simpler portfolio has an efficiency rating of 80% for each one of those. So we're accounting for 20 to 25% basically slippage in each one of those portfolios. Okay, to recap, the average option yield expected on the complicated portfolio is 2.9%. And the average option yield on the simpler portfolio is around 1.8%. The complicated portfolio has an ability to return 33% per year and with inefficiencies has an expected return of 26% per year, whereas the simple portfolio has an ability to hit around 24% annual return with expected return of 20%. So the question is, which of these portfolios would you prefer and why? 
of the expected returns, 26% versus 20%, is that 6% paying you enough to take on the specific risks of those companies? Whatever companies you choose, comparing your portfolio or this portfolio to a simpler portfolio made up of effectively ETFs, then is the difference there in what you're able to make, is that paying you for the specific risk that you're taking on for the complicated portfolio? Okay, that will do it for today. Thank you for being here, for listening to this episode. For questions about today's content, please reach out to me on Twitter at MiningTheta. I would love to hear about how you're using options in your account. Please write to me and let me know. And of course, let me know which of these portfolios would you prefer and why.